you got your Bibles, open up to the book of Matthew. Uh, we are going to continue on in a series that we began really last summer, uh, and it is called The Way. And what we're walking through is probably the greatest sermon that's ever been preached by the greatest preacher that's ever lived. It's the Sermon on the Mount given by Jesus. Jesus, if you were to look at chapter 5, since it's right there by you, Jesus has just kind of finished a very intense uh, time of ministry. He has been teaching. He's been healing. He's been preaching. He's been traveling. And then all of a sudden, uh, his disciples, and he begins to notice there's a crowd of people. And the scripture tells us, beginning in chapter 5, that he goes up on a mountain. He sits down. And when he sits down, he's taking the posture of a rabbi. Because this is what rabbis and teachers did in those days. They would sit down, and then they would begin to teach. And so here he is sitting down, beginning to teach, and he begins to draw a contrast between the religious elites, the Pharisees of the day, and what it means to be a follower of the kingdom of God, to be a follower of the kingdom that he had come to usher in. He was basically saying to them over chapter 5, 6, and 7, and we're going to continue to see this. If you weren't with us during chapter 5, go back to last summer, and you'll want to follow through. What he's telling us today is the same thing that he told them there at that point. He says, if you're going to be, if you're going to claim to be a member of the kingdom of God, if you're going to begin to live like that, then you have to follow the ways and the laws of the kingdom. And when they thought that they had been doing this, the Pharisees, the religious elite, they had taken the Ten Commandments, and then there had been over 600 other laws and rules that were put to that. Basically, to say, listen, here's how you live out each of those commandments. And it had become more about the law than the lawgiver. And he begins to help them to understand in chapter 5. You'll remember, you've heard it said, but I say to you. And that's what he does through all of chapter 5. Now, remember, he's preaching a message. They didn't have chapter 5s and verses and all of that when he preached this. So we're jumping into the middle of his message. We're kind of coming back to that. He's laid out that this is what holiness looks like, and now he's going to turn, and he's going to begin to talk about what does it look like to worship? What does it look like to, to worship as a part of the kingdom? What is it that is demanded there? And he lays out, as we talked about last week, he, he was not only concerned about the what and the how, but the why. Of worship. Why is it that you're doing what you're doing? He's talking about our motivation. So he begins to look at that. Now I want to stop here for just a moment because we struggle with the exact same things that they struggled with in the first century when Jesus walked there. We struggle with the exact same things. Listen, in our moment and in our day today, it could be very easy for us to kind of camouflage culturally. We just kind of Hey, this is what I do. This is who I am. But we're, gonna, we're not going to stand. We're not going to stand out in any way. Uh, really, one of the reasons that we would do that is so that we would still have comfort. We we may want to fly the flag of being a follower of Jesus, but we really don't follow. We we may want like the benefits of following Christ, but we don't want the cost of following Christ. And Jesus has come, and he is saying to, the, to these first century believers, listen, uh, you need to really think through what you're doing. 
Listen, I've come so that you might have life and have it abundantly. I've come so that you might follow the way of the kingdom. And the way of the kingdom looks very different than the religious elite, the Pharisees and what they've been doing. Because he says in chapter 6, at the beginning of chapter 6, he says this, be careful of practicing your righteousness publicly so that others would see you. He wasn't on them for practicing good works. We're going to do good works. We have to do good works because we follow Jesus. He, He wasn't on them for doing them publicly. What he was drawing out was their motivation. Are you doing works of righteousness? Are you doing good works so that others would see you? And he used last week the heart motivation as it related to giving. And this week, we're going to turn the page, and he's bringing that into our prayer life. He's bringing that into our prayer life, and he's going to begin to examine. He's going to begin to shine a light onto them about the way that they prayed, and he's going to draw some distinctions here. And there's three things that I think we're going to see in this passage today in Matthew. Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5 through 13. Uh, What you're going to see is this, is that he's going to talk about and draw a distinction about what it means for us to be able to pray in secret, that we're to pray in secret, that we're to pray simply, and that we're to pray in submission. You see, he's drawing a, a, a comparison between his way, the kingdom way, and the way of the religious elite. If we're not careful, if we're not careful, what ends up happening is this, is that things that are designed to praise him become a performance for us. Because we want people to see us, we want people to watch us. We may not say that, but consciously or subconsciously or quietly, I wonder who's watching. I wonder who's seeing what I'm doing. I wonder who's listening to what I'm saying in these moments. Or I don't want to do or say anything because I'm afraid of what others around me will think that maybe I'm not able to or I'm not worthy to. And this flies in the face of what it is that Jesus wants us to see today. So with that, we're going to begin reading in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5, and we're going to read through verse 13. So Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 13. If you will, please, why don't you stand for the reading of God's word? Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. Jesus is speaking, and he says this, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not pray. Do not pray like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us of our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is God's word. You can be seated. Uh, Yesterday morning, I had a breakfast 
and that breakfast began at 6.30. I was meeting with somebody here from the church and started at 6.30, and I don't know about you, but 6.30 breakfasts, there's not a whole lot open, so we ended up at the Waffle House. Some of you are going, is there another place other than the Waffle House? Uh, I heard a story this week about uh, a dad who took his son uh, to the Waffle House. And dad and son, they go in and they go up to the counter. If you've been to the Waffle House, you know, they got the counter, got the bar stools. Russell, you know this. You go, you go, go, to the, go up to the counter, you go to the bar stools. And he picks his son up, sets him in the stool. And uh, what's the little boy do? He starts swinging around like this, like you do, and you sit down on those things. And they begin to order. The food comes out really quick, and dad, begin, dad says, son, we're going to pray silently. Dad bows his head. He begins to pray. The son bows his head. Uh, after a second or two, 20, 30 seconds, dad quietly says amen and lifts his head. The son continues on, got his head bowed. It, you've been in those moments where seconds begin to feel like minutes and minutes begin to feel like hours. It just, it, it kind of got awkward. And then finally the son raised his head up and dad looked at him and said, son, like what in the world were you praying about? The little boy looked at his dad and said, how do I know it was silent prayer? I didn't get a clue what happened. <laughs> uh, obviously, the little boy was uh, misguided, didn't quite understand what prayer and silent prayer looked like. But, you know, honestly, I think some of that might even apply to us. And we, uh, we may not completely and fully understand what it means for us to have an active and vibrant prayer life. Uh, that it's, I think all of us in here today, if we were really honest, would say, my prayer life probably could be more. It probably could be more. And for some of you, you're thinking more like more active, longer, deeper. Listen, here's what he's trying to get to today as we begin to teach, as we begin to study, as we begin to walk through this, is he wants us to see the purpose. He wants us to understand why are we doing, why do we come to the Father? But before Jesus shows us those things, he's going to point out to us what it shouldn't be like. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5 here real quick before we get to these points. In verse 5, he says this. He says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. You remember from last week, verse 2, he talks about the hypocrites, those who put on a mask to make you think one thing, but in reality, they're far from what they're trying to accomplish and trying to portray. He says, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. Jesus is issuing a warning to all the people, his apostles, his disciples, and those who were in the crowd who were there listening. We know there's probably about 5,000 who were there that day. And he says, listen, here's what you've got to begin to understand, that if you're not careful, what's going to happen is your prayer life becomes a production. Well, it, you don't want that to begin to happen because he knew, number one, he knew us, he created us, he knows man, he knows that there is a desire and to be the center. We know, people are watching us. Whether we want to be the center, that's what we think about. You know who talks to you more than anyone else? You. Seriously, when you are alone, your voices, those things of, I wonder who's watching, I wonder what's going on, am I good enough? Am I, uh, boy, I am good enough. 
you have these doubts, you have all of these thoughts that begin to come. He knows that because he created us. And he knew that in the religious elite of that day, there was a poison, there was a poison that they would stand and they would begin to pray, something that was designed to be communication between the father and his children, they turned into a production. And this is what he begins to warn about. You see, in the Jewish life, prayer was vital. Uh, three times a day, a good Jew would go to pray. No matter where they were, if they could get to the synagogue, if they could get to the temple, they would. If not, they would stop and they would pray. And typically when they would go to the synagogue or they'd go to the temple, uh, there would be one of the male leaders of the family, whoever that was, would stand and begin to offer public prayers and would begin to speak. And here's what I want you to know. Platforms and public places are very slippery. That's not just for people who lead here, that's for you also. Listen, when we begin to do things so that others would begin to see, when in our heart we begin to ask who's watching, who's around, who's seeing, we begin to get in a very slippery, slippery place. No longer is the father the focus, the people around us become the focus. And Jesus is warning them. He's warning them, and he is rejecting this from the very beginning. He says, listen, the hypocrites, they may have gained an, an ear of the few people around here, but I want you to know they've lost the ear of God when that begins to happen. You see, he is drawing out. He's pointing to their motivation. He tells them in verse 5, they do this so that others would see them. And do you notice what he says there? He says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. It doesn't matter. It, for us in here, it is a great reminder. It doesn't matter how beautifully we link together words. It doesn't matter the, the size of the words. If we're more concerned about who's hearing those words than what we're saying, we're far away. I want to even extend that a little bit to say for those of you in here who you're afraid to pray because you're afraid of what you might say, Am I going to say the right thing? I don't know how to pray. Listen, there is a word here for you today, and I'm asking that you stick with it. So how do we do this then? Well, number one, he begins to draw a distinction. The first thing I want us to look at is that he says to us that we should pray in secret, that we should pray in secret. Look at verse six. Verse six says, but when you pray, I want you to circle that, underline it, highlight it, something, write it down. But when you pray... Go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. Notice last week. You remember, it's just, just like last week. He didn't, last week, he didn't say, if you give. He says, but when you give. Notice here, he doesn't say, hey, if you pray. He says, but when you pray. It is normal Christianity. It, it should be, that should be obvious to us. It should be obvious to us that as followers of Christ, those of us who name him as our savior, those of us who say that God has changed our life, it should be normal for us that we want to speak to the father, that we want to communicate with him, that we want to hear from him, but oh, how that is not true. 
I'm going to ask you to stop for just a moment. And I want you to think about your prayer life. And I'm not talking about like what you yell out when someone pulls out in front of you <laughs> on the interstate. I'm talking about the amount of time that we spend. You see, he expects us to pray. He is not if, but when. He expects communication. Do you know that Amy expects communication between us? I mean, she expects that. And if we're not communicating, then there is a problem. Something's not right here. Do you know that CJ, Zion, Austin, Mary, we all expect communication as a work team. And when we don't meet and communicate, you know what ends up happening? We're off. We're all running in different directions. We're all doing our, same, our own thing. You see, we, as followers of Christ, those of us who have surrendered our lives, those of us who say, we name Jesus, we, we, fought, we are little Christ, Christians, he expects that we spend time with him. Sadly, it's not true, though. Theologian D.A. Carson, he says this. He says, if you want to embarrass the average Christian, ask them about their prayer life. How's your prayer life? How's your prayer life? Where is it? Scale of 1 to 10 for you, where is it? What does that look like for you? Uh, folks, I need you to hear me. I can't stand here and preach, teach, walk with you with anything that I've not had to deal with. And folks, I need you to know the Lord has been sitting on me this week about the amount of intentional time that I just spend with him. You see, he's called us to pray. And all of us would say we need improvement in that. All of us would say, yeah, I, I want more. There's no one in here that would say, hey, you know what? I'm an expert prayer. I've got that down. Because those who we would look at and say, boy, those are prayer warriors. If you can think in your mind about the person that you need someone to pray, and you go, man, I, I and you email them, you call them, you text them, because you, you think, man, listen, that person right there, I, they're walking with Jesus. Do you realize that person right there feels like they need to be spending more time in the Lord in prayer? They need to be walking more deeply with him. So I need you to hear, uh, listen, this hits for all of us. And so he's called us to go in to our secret place. You know what he's desiring from us? He's asking us, what is your motivation today? What is your heart? Where are you can I ask you a question? My question to you is this, is do you have a secret place where you go to pray? Do you have a place that is designed for only you where you sit and you get together with the Father? Maybe it's with, your, with the Word where you're saying, listen, I, God, I'm going to be alone with you for this amount of time where I'm going to take your word, I'm going to open it up because I'm hearing you speak to me. And then, God, I want to, I want to sit and I want to listen. I want to talk with you. I want to wrestle with you. Do you realize there are times when we wrestle with the Father because of what he says? And he points out what we should be like, what we should be doing, and it, our, we realize our lives don't measure up. Or we think, I don't like that. You're telling me this. I don't like this. And so we wrestle with him. Uh, do you have a spot? Do you have a place? 
You see, Jesus says, if you don't want to be the hypocrite, if you don't want it to be a production, then you go get alone with me. Go get by yourself. He says, now, Jesus is not against public praying. Listen, if you read through the book of Acts, you see that the disciples prayed publicly all the time. He's not against public praying. What he's against is public praying that turns into a production. I remember growing up that there was a man who was a, a pastor in our church, an older man, much, much older. And I remember he would pray some beautiful, long prayers. And listen, I don't question his motivation at all. Because I know the man. I watched him. I, walk, I would be entranced, literally listening to his prayers, going, that man knows Jesus. You know why I knew that? Because he spent time secretly by himself communicating with Jesus in his prayer time. Now, theologian Sinclair Ferguson tells us this. He says, he says that there are two reasons that you would go behind closed doors. And I want you to write these down. Here's two reasons you would go behind closed doors into secret. Two reasons. Number one is to keep something out. Number two is to keep something in. Praying in secret keeps out the temptation of being seen by others. Listen, some of you are very nervous about praying in front of others because we don't practice our works of righteousness privately. You see, when when we get alone in our secret place and we're going to the Father and we're listening and we're praying and we're communicating one to another, we begin to get very comfortable with who it is that we're talking to because we're practicing those things. Praying alone keeps out the temptation to be seen by others. When there isn't a crowd around, we don't have to perform. You realize that, don't you? When there's no one around. Listen, uh, if, you're, if, if you're a singer in here, if the only time you want to sing is when you're on stage or the only time you want to worship, uh, come to worship is when you're leading, there's a problem. If the only time I want to come to worship is when I'm teaching, there's a problem. If the only time you want to do what you're doing is when you're doing it publicly, there's an issue. You see, some of us, we're so concerned it's because we've not spent time privately in prayer. Do you realize when you get alone with Jesus in whatever that secret place is for you, do you realize that you are emulating him? Jesus did a lot of things publicly. That's why we have the New Testament, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We see what he did. You realize the book of Mark is all about what Jesus did. He did this, then he did this, then he did this. It's just a recounting. But all throughout there, what you see is that he would do those things, and then he would withdraw to a quiet place. He would go up onto a mountain. He would get away. He would say, listen, you guys get in the boat and go on over. I've got to go meet with the Father. He would, would, he would retire to a very quiet place, solitary, where it was just he and the Lord. You see, when we go away in secret, not only are we shutting out the desire to be seen, we're emulating. We are most looking like Jesus when we get alone with the Father. But not only getting alone, not only getting alone, when, when you do that, you're shutting out the world and you're shutting in with God. You're keeping out the world and you're closing in with God himself. For me, I have a couple of spots 
I get up in the morning, I grab a cup of coffee, and then I go upstairs to the bonus room. I open my word, I begin to read, I begin to write out my prayers. I'm, I write out in a prayer journal, I write them out. I come downstairs, Amy has finished her time together, or if she hasn't, we both kind of come together, we read the word, and then we pray together, just, just she and I. Let me ask you, what does that look like for you in secret? Is it on the patio? Is it in a bonus room? Is it sitting in your favorite chair? No one around. You're, you're up and everyone's gone to bed or everyone hasn't got up yet. Maybe it is a literal closet where you get alone with him. Where is it where you and the Lord get together? This room, this, this word room here, in the original language written, in the, in, in the Greek language, this word room is beautiful. What it, what it means, the, the word room there is, is a word for storehouse. It, it's the storehouse where battle plunder and the king's treasury was kept. Do, do you catch the picture? That when you go into your secret place, your room, your place to meet with the Lord, you're reaping, you're, be, you're sitting in the treasury of God. You're hearing things. He's speaking to you. It's more important than any treasure you might have. And he tells them, he says, listen, you get alone with me. Uh, forsake the public praise Get into your private closet with me and talk with me. This is what he's drawing the comparison. He says, listen, the way of the kingdom, it's not a production. It's private. And the more time you spend privately with him, the more your public life will be strong. Some of us today, we need a strong public life. That means we've got to get a strong private life. That is the way of the kingdom. So he calls us to pray in secret, but he also calls us the second thing. He says, pray simply. Pray simply. Look at verse 7 and 8. Verse 7 and 8 says this, and when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles. Okay, the first part, he introduces us to the hypocrites. Now he's introducing you to the Gentiles, okay? Jews and Gentiles. Don't pray, heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Again, he's drawing a contrast here between the world and the way. In that day, the Gentiles, they were not Jewish people. They were polytheistic God lovers. That means that they worshiped all kinds of gods. But Hindus today, Hindus worship over a thousand different gods. Thousand different gods. And what Jesus is saying here, the practice of that day was, is that these polytheistic religions, they would have a habit of praying to each God of their religion, and they would call out their request again. It, it's kind of like uh, when, when you have a child and they start playing against mom and dad. They go to mom because they want mom to give them something, and mom says no, and so they kind of tiptoe around. They go to dad, find dad, start talking to dad. Dad does, dad may give a little bit, and then they tip back over to mom and talk no, and it just kind of keeps going on where they're trying to play against one another. Uh, they had a habit, the Gentiles, of praying long, ornate, wordy prayers. Have you ever 
talked with somebody and they're using, because they're trying to show you how much they know, they're stacking phrases and words and phrases and words. And you're sitting there thinking, I, I don't have a clue what you're talking about right now. You lost me like way back here. This is what Jesus is beginning to try to help them to understand. Listen, bringing and heaping up empty phrases like the Gentiles, going and trying to uh, call out more and more, I'm going to try over here, I'm going to try over here, I'm going to try over here, I'm going to try over here until I get what I desire. He says, don't do that. That's not what the way of the kingdom is all about. He says here, listen, it, just a few simple words, simple prayers is what the Father hears. Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 2 says this, Be not rash with your mouth, nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God. For God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore, let your words be few. Listen, I, I truly believe that the simple prayers of God's people reaches the heart of God, the ears of God, and then you see the power of God because of that. I, I want to speak to you in here right now. If you're one who you're scared to pray, I don't know what to pray. I, I, I get the opportunity to walk with men oftentimes, and I'm trying to always help them. Lead your family. Lead them in prayer. And they're going, I, I don't know what to say. It doesn't sound right. Here's what I want you to hear me say. Men and women. Do you realize your father just wants to hear your voice? He wants to hear you just talk to him. It's not these and thous. It's not sanctification, glorification, and it's not big words that you're going, I don't know what all the, you know what it is? Father, I need you. I, I don't know what to do. Will you make a difference in my home, Jesus? Will you change me? You, you're just having a conversation. You're just talking. Some of you in here today, you're going, that's difficult for me because I, I don't even talk a lot. We can't be in relationship without having communication, without having talk. You see, Jesus desires, the heavenly father desires this, that if we're going to be people of the way, if we're going to not be like those who make it a production, he says, you get alone with me. Get to your secret place and just simply begin to talk to me. I had a conversation with someone not long ago, and they knew what they wanted of the Lord. Their heart was hurting. They were burdened. They knew they were wanting to cry out to him, but they felt like, I can't say that because it may not be what the Lord wants. I said, do you know what the Lord wants? He wants to hear your heart. Because when my child is hurting, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear my child speak to me. Maybe I can help, maybe, maybe I can't. But your father, who hears you, desires to move in. Will he answer the way that you want? I don't know that. What I do know is that he desires to hear his children speak to him simply. It doesn't matter. To, listen, when you and I speak with one another, all the things that you're telling me about your field that have words like this, and I usually say, hey, can you bring that down just a little bit? Help me. Let me know what's going on. Tell, how you do that? 
The Father is not concerned about how big your words are. What he's concerned about is, will you speak to me? Will you sit with me? Will you pray simply? You see, your Father knows what you need, the Scripture says, even before you ask him. Right now, you know what what I'm asking you to do? Ask him. Speak with him. Get alone with him and then simply begin to speak to him. So he's called us to pray in secret. He's also called us to pray secretly. Here's what else he's he's called us to do. He's asking us to pray in submission. He's asking us to pray in submission. Verses 9 through 13, uh, we know as the model prayer. And some of you in here right now, you're going, okay, how are you going to do this in the next 10 minutes? Well, the goal today is not to walk through the model prayer. If you'd like to see more of the model prayer and how we've walked through that, there's a series called The Habits of Our Holiness, Habits of Holiness. You can go on back and look at. What Jesus is gonna do in nine through 13 here is he's gonna give us a picture of a process that he wants us to begin to see. Read with me nine through 13 here. He says this, pray then like this, okay? Don't pray, don't do what the hypocrites, the Gentiles are doing, do this, Here's what he says. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. You see, Jesus isn't just calling us back to what is our motivation, which he is most eminently concerned with in this passage. But he's also concerned about giving us a a model for how to pray. Notice that he didn't say, pray this. He says, pray like this. Jesus never prays this prayer. He does teach us to use it. Maybe if you're an athlete, you... (laughs) before you've done any type of sporting event, somehow y'all got together and prayed this prayer. I don't know what for, but you prayed this prayer. This is a model that he's using. This is the model prayer. This is not the Lord's prayer. The Lord's prayer is over in John, John chapter 17, where he actually prayed. So he gives us a model and he wants us to see this. And, and, And there's no way, there's no way that I could teach through this entire thing. It would be a series. So today, what I want you to see in here is what he says at the very beginning of this. In verse 9, he says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. N- notice what he does right there. He puts everything in submission. All the, my daily bread, my forgiveness, my debtors my forgiving of the debtors, all of that comes into submission of who he is. His name is holy. He is the one who is high and lifted up. That's what he's pointing us to here. We pray God's will over everything. We pray God's kingdom come. What God desires, would you bring it here? We're praying God's name over everything. Some of us in here today, you have huge needs that you're desiring to see happen. You're afraid to go to the Father with them because you think they may be selfish. Here's what I encourage you. I'm encouraging you to go to him in your secret place and simply give him the request that you have. And then you sit back and say, God, I trust you. 
Father, if I'm not praying aright today, would you do what you desire? Because you are holy, because you are high and lifted up. I submit to you and you alone. Your kingdom come and your will be done. What you desire in heaven, we sang about the heaven, the worship of heaven here on earth. Father, what you desire in heaven, would you make that evident in my life? This is what he's calling us today. This goes against every natural inclination I have. I'll be real honest with you. You know, I wake up in the morning wanting my way, my time, what I want to do. Not building his fame, I want to build my fame. And I think if we're all honest in here, we all end up doing that. That's what our desires are. But when we come to him, when we get up, when we go to him, when we say, Father, here's what I desire, but not my will. I want yours. I'm submitting what I desire. Yes, God, this is what I'd love to see happen. But I'm, I give it to you. It's yours. I'm submitting to you today. Listen, when I want to get up, grab a cup of coffee, go get ready, go do this, go run here, go run here. I, got my, I mean, there's, I, I'm a scheduled guy. I don't know if you know that about me. I got things going on. You do too. But I have to get up and stop. Father, this is not my day. This is not my will. This is your day. And I submit it to you. I submit it to you. This is what the Father is calling us today. He's modeling this out for us. Listen, we should be praying all of these things. We, we should be praying, feed us today. I don't know where my need. I don't know where the provision's coming. I need those things. God, forgive me. God, help me to forgive others. God, lead me not into temptation. I don't want to be in the middle of things that I don't need to be in the middle of. All of those things are important, but you, need, you, you realize all of those come under the submission of who he is. God, I'm praying your will be done. God, I'm asking you to do what only you can do in your way, in your time. Whether it looks like what I desire or not, I want your desire. I want your kingdom to come. When I pray those types of prayers... I remember what is ultimately important in this life. You realize this is what Jesus did. Jesus got alone in secret. He would withdraw to a quiet place. The scripture says very early in the morning, he would withdraw or he would get away late at night. Hard ministry, get in the boat and go. He would withdraw. He would go to a secret place with his father. The scripture tells us that he, play, he prayed very, very Simply, This is what Jesus would do. You remember in John 17, he prayed, Father, would you keep them united? Help them to be one. Do you remember him praying, Father, forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. Do you remember him praying, Father, uh, this cup that you have for me, would you let it pass? Do you remember the simple request that he would pour out to them? Do you remember him on the cross when he said, into your hands I commend my spirit? It's finished. Simple. 
simple prayers. Do you remember in the garden when he was crying out and crying out, and then he finally just said, but not my will, your will. You see, Jesus was calling his disciples that day. He was calling the people that were sitting around, hey, don't be like these folks or these folks. If you are going to name the name of Jesus, if you're going to name the name of the kingdom, if you're going to live in a kingdom way, then here's how that happens. And then he went on and he lived it. He lived it out for them to see. Guys, this, this is what discipleship is. You say things and you model them. And he's modeled for us the way. Today, this is what we call you to. Some of you are sitting in here right now, just to be real honest with you, and you can't pray that way. You know why? Because you, you don't know Jesus. You, you don't know him as your Savior and as your Lord. And, and you, you may be going, well, I can say those things, but there's no way for you to walk in submission to him because you've never submitted your life to him. And today, we want you to know him as Savior and Lord. We want you to live in submission to him. We want to talk with you about that. Some of you are in here today, and you would go, man, I, that you're, I, I trust Jesus. He is my Lord, but I have not been spending time with him like that. I've been afraid to talk to him. I've not known what to say. I, I, I get in a hurry. I'm not submitted to him and what he desires today. This is what we call you back to. This is, what this is where we have the opportunity to return to him. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you. I thank you so much that you've called us to follow you, that you've modeled what it means uh, to walk with you. Your word tells us, your living word, Jesus says that if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you love me, you'll obey me. Today, Father, may we walk in submission to you. May we talk to you very simply. May we get with you privately, not worried about what anyone else would say, and obey you alone. I thank you, Father, that you don't condemn us as your children. You stand and you hold out your loving kindness. You call us home. Today, Father, would you call your children to repentance? Today, would you open the eyes of the blind man who doesn't know you as Savior, and would you help them to see you clearly for the very first time? 